2: Rob
3: Long, Jeremy Khan. I started watching this uh, this guy, this uh, YouTuber or whatever, and there's all these videos of him on social media. He's down in Louisiana, and all he does is he goes walking through the swamp at night and just grabs animals. Yoink! This looks like a good one. And you're looking at it going, what in the hell? But sometimes that's just living, right? If you grew up that way. That's what our next guest
2: does. Curse of the
3: WGK <laughs> Law
2: guest hotline. He is Ben McDonald. What's up, Ben? what up what up guys how we doing doing Good. well man you you've done you've gone in the uh bayou and and grabbed some of those wild animals as well yeah um i'd like to think
4: i'm a little bit smarter than i used to be rob but i don't know that i am you know it's, uh, it's always now it's gotten down to one of those hold my beer moments you know where somebody says i bet you can't and i say, i bet i can you know, that's where kind of that's kind of where it starts you know so uh we're down here in Florida, and of course, there's lots of critters down here. You know, plenty of alligators and all kind of other stuff down here. But I'm gonna
2: try to mind my business and, uh, and just enjoy spring training, and being a part of it. <laughs> now, Ben, we uh, we 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 do baseball. We talk baseball for, for a living, so it's always exciting to go to work. But it has to be an extra little buzz for you coming off 101 wins. The team looks good. Expectations are high. You, you got to be uh, uh, feeling yourself right now. Yeah, no, it, look, I can tell you this. I, I've been
4: fortunate enough to be in uniform for, uh, I think, the last five years, Rob. And uh, and the excitement in spring training this year is just different, you know. I mean, it, there wasn't a ton of excitement. And, and honestly, three or four years ago, we didn't have many you know, national media here very often at all. Well, it, it's a buzz around camp now, and deservingly so, this team is – has overachieved and they've have outperformed everybody's expectations the last couple of years, you know, from eighty three wins to one hundred and one last year, winning the AL East for, for the first time since two thousand and fourteen. And so there's a big buzz in camp right now and there's a lot of media here. I think the players are are you know, I think the players are happy with the way the the, the regular season went last year, but but obviously losing in the playoffs. I think, put a bad taste in their mouth. And that might end up being a good thing because they seem eager and hungry. Most of the position players, Rob, got here early to camp. Like, they were here well before reporting date, you know. And so that just tells me uh, the boys are ready to get it going. So it's going to be an exciting year.
3: Got to ask you about the addition of Mr. Burns. I mean, this is going to be incredible. But what about the trickle-down effect and and the effect that he could have on some of the younger pitchers that we have? Um, Your thoughts on the addition.
4: Well, I mean, when you pick up somebody like Corbin Burns, you're picking up a true number one, you know. And it's nothing against Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez, who showed last year that they can pitch like number ones. There's no doubt about that. But this is a proven number one guy. I mean, obviously a Cy Young Award winner, been a three-time All-Star. I think he struck out 200 or more each of the last three seasons. This is a, this is a dude that's taking the ball. All he knows is winning with the Brewers. He's been in the playoffs. He's been in the fire before. And, I think he's going to add a lot. Corbin Burns, I understand that. I got to chat with him a little bit the other day, and uh, a little bit of a quiet guy, but they said he is a leader. He is a guy that wants to share information and wants to help out younger pitchers, so I don't think it could be any better for Grayson Rodriguez and you know Kyle Bradish and some of our younger pitchers to be able to plug in a, a real number one dude at the top of your rotation. Obviously, the Orioles got some bad news the other day with Bradish and Means, and well, we've got our fingers crossed they're going to be back here in the near future, but it is what it is right now. But Corbin Burns is going to make a difference and pop that Orioles rotation. There's no doubt about that.
2: Here with Ben McDonald, former Oriole pitcher, now broadcaster. Uh, ben, I want to go back to what you just said. You said a true number one. You said Bradish and Rodriguez show signs that they could be a number one. To me, that's the beauty of it. You have a guy who's been there, done that, Cy Young, done it all, started in playoff games, so his resume is already solidified. Meanwhile, you got two other guys in your rotation who show all the signs that become that as well. We don't know what's going on with Braddys, but if Grayson this year continues to grow, your pitching staff could be phenomenal without the pressure of those two guys having to be the number one. Oh,
4: no no doubt. And I always say this, Rob. I mean, the number one guy is whoever's day it is to pitch, honestly. But it's, it's a nice to have a proven guy – at the top, a guy that's pitched opening days before, right? And you mentioned he's been in the playoffs before. He has been in that fire before. And, look, the stuff, I got to stand right next to him yesterday and watch him throw a bullpen uh, yesterday. And, and it, it, that cut fastball is just special. We saw it last year when he came to Baltimore, you know. But to see it right, stand right next to him and see it, it's, it's pretty special. The stuff is really special. And so he's a good dude, too, and he's a hard worker. And so, look, it's – um. I think we're all in Baltimore. Hopefully, he has a wonderful year because if he has a good year, that means the Orioles, I think, are going to have a wonderful year too. And you know, we'll see how the rotation shakes out. You got to think Tyler Wells and Cole Urban are probably the front runners to take Bradish and Means' spots right now until they can get healthy. Uh, so I, I do still like our rotation. I thought before before Bradish and Means went down, I really thought the Orioles' rotation. Look, I would have put Burns and Rodriguez. Of course, Kyle Bradish. When they're healthy, up against any three in the American League, there's no doubt about that. So I do like where the Orioles are. They got to just get by until hopefully John Means comes back and Bradish Bradish comes back.
3: Hey Ben, we were talking about fanatics and how now the pants are see through for baseball players. You ever have any wardrobe malfunctions when you were playing? Anything like that pop up? No. No, not on purpose. No, I
4: mean, not. not on, you know, I mean, it's uh Yeah, I don't know what's going on with these pants. I hear the put and these uniforms. I hear the players complaining a little bit about the the newer stuff. I hadn't paid much attention to it, to be honest with
3: you. Yeah, they're see through, man. You can kind of you can see it all. So that baseball playing for me it's these days would be good. Yeah, it's cold out yeah, here. I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess we're we're trying to
4: interest different folks. I, I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but it's, it's different for sure. You know.
2: Hey Ben, are you gonna be down there on the eighth? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not
4: going to be down here that long. I'm going to be down here for about a week uh, in uniform. I'm going to call a couple of radio games starting tomorrow with Jeff Arnold Saturday and Sunday we'll be on the radio. And then I got to head on back and do some uh, some college stuff. But then I'll come back into Baltimore uh, and do some TV games, you know, remote that, that we're doing them this year. So I'll be back in Baltimore in about 10 days doing a couple games. I think it's a Tuesday, Wednesday
3: game. Hey, Ben, anybody we should be watching for in college? Well, you know, we
4: opened up the college game the other day, you know, and I had LSU for four games. They played VMI twice, and then, of course, they played uh, uh, Central Arkansas twice. Uh, the SEC is loaded again. I mean, yeah. I think six of the top nine are SEC squads again. I think the SEC's has won four national titles in a row and five of the last six. So, uh, But don't sleep on Wake Forest. Wake Forest has got yep. the top pitching staff out there. They're ranked number one. they got a hell of a team. And so it's going to be – we won't really know who's who for about another three or four
2: weeks. It's uh... <clears throat> Love it, love the college baseball, Ben. I'll see you around. I'll be down there on the eighth. I was hoping you'd be there, but I'm sure I'll see you around. Yes, sir. I'll see. i see you guys soon. Look forward to getting back to Baltimore. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Ben McDonald, Oriole former Oreo pitcher, number one overall draft pick. Now one of the better broadcasters in the
3: game. You so agree? good. Yeah, you could just look. First off, the accent and just how he delivers. He's funny. Uh, even you know, telling some of the stories. Had an interesting life. So yeah. Ben's one of my favorites to listen to. We'll talk about athletes, high school athletes transferring
2: to these sports academies at 7.30. But on the other side, Brandon Hyde. We know about the Orioles analytics, and we talk so much about getting this guy, playing development. Is Brandon Hyde somewhat overlooked in his ability to manage? Baltimore's big bad morning show on the
1: fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: 715 in the AM Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Mike Elias is one of the gang's more brilliant general managers.
3: Would you agree? Yep. I mean, put him top five. Yep. I mean, look, I'm this is the one time I'll admit to having a bias, but what I've seen thus far. It's hard uh, not to. It's it's hard not to have him in the top five. And, like, we can start debating o- over which front offices have been better. And I think you have to look at it from a standpoint of what do you have to spend? What You know, what can you actually do? Right. Because Tampa Bay's front office is vastly different than the Dodgers, you know? And yeah. even though the Dodgers stole one of the guys from Tampa Bay's front office. So, it, it's it's kind of funny to see, you know, what he did in Tampa Bay and now what he's doing with L.A. Now that he has money. Oh yeah, that's right. They just brought in the, the two of the best signings in the off season. Mm-hmm. And when we were doing best hitters, you know, we did our top five hitters. What we didn't realize is between the two of us, we had one of the same guy, and each of us had a different Dodger player. So three Dodger players in our top five hitters. Right. It's just a, a ridiculous lineup. Anyway, and and when you think of the
2: Orioles, you think of development and all those things. You think of Michael Elias. You think of Eve. You think of of Sig. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we overlook. Manager of the Year, Brandon Hyde. I think sometimes he gets overlooked in all this process. Jeremy, he inherited a bad baseball team, a horrible baseball team. And even though he was given different talent, he did a lot with that talent. I think he is probably one of the
3: more underrated managers around. I would say so. And, again, we don't have a – a ton to go off of except for the fact, okay, so he was on Chicago's bench, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure he learned a lot from some good managers that he worked under. Right. Um, being a baseball guy through and through, you've talked to him plenty. We've talked to him on the air here. And I think you get that feeling like we all expected him to be the guy before the guy. Yeah. But what he showed us was not only did he get through adversity with you know these losses, and you know they had to be frustrating. We were starting to say – He's actually saying something in these messages after in post-game press conferences, if you guys listen to him. Yeah. He's telling you what you want to hear. He's just not going to come out and throw somebody under the bus. Um, but now that this young talent's come along, like, they had no business doing what they did last year. No. None. Like, and I know they had the talent, but, like... They had no business doing what they did two years ago when they won 83 games. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think he deserves a hell of a lot more credit than what he gets. I think it's easier to call him underrated than overrated, but I'm not sure how he's rated just yet amongst most people. I think he's a pretty good manager, though. And let me tell you this, Jeremy. Um, you know, just...
2: He has a way of holding players accountable without putting players down. Yeah. And I, I've had the privilege over my radio career to be around some different coaches and different different managers. You know, different see different styles. And I've stolen a little bit from all of them. I don't mean gear, I mean, like, philosophies and how they approach and and what you what you get from Brandon Hyde is that what I just said. The ability the ability to hold you accountable without putting you down. That's a that's a talent. That that's that's that takes a lot of skill. I mean because I can sit there and tell you what you can and you know Jeremy, hey, we've been held accountable and it felt like we've just been beat up. You know, I mean, he has that way of of, of not doing that. And I think when, when this team was young and inexperienced and all those things, think about when you're managing a club where you're trying to tell a guy what to do batting in the third hole when you know this guy has no business batting in the third hole, but he's your best third hole hitter. Or <laughs> telling a guy to play third base. What was a guy named, Ronaldo
3: Nunez? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that we had. But He's playing third base. And we tried to like tell everybody it's okay because he hit thirty bombs, even though And then we cut him. Yeah. And then he wound up in Detroit's minor leagues and Detroit was just as bad as we were. <laughs> and 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 you're telling this guy how to play over there when you know good and well that guy doesn't belong over
2: there. But you stayed the course. And now and now you get talent and you know how to manage talent. And the same the same way the guys without talent respected you, the guys with tremendous talent had the same amount of respect for you.
3: That is a skill, man. Mm-hmm. That's a skill. Yeah, and and managing these play like I asked him when we had him on uh, about managing the younger guys. Is there any difference? Because he's had a lot of young players that probably didn't belong in the majors. Okay, so you're going through absolutely the motions there. You're signing a lot of free agents that are one year, two year stop gaps. So now, like this is going to be interesting to see how the relationships develop um, between these guys. And a lot of times, the reason why. The manager is the
2: guy. The manager of the bat when when you when you're rebuilding doesn't doesn't make it. Is because the new guys, the talented guys, don't respect them. You know, you had to go get a Jim Leland for Detroit. Wow, ah, because those guys didn't respect. Who was it Alan Travel before him? Yep. They respect him like that. You know what he's doing. That's what they thought he didn't know what he was doing. And if they don't think he knows what he's doing, then guess what? You gotta get rid of him. And but these guys respect Brandon Hyde.
3: That takes a
2: special talent. Skill
3: and this whole term of analytics gets thrown around all the time. Where, like, I don't know that it makes all analytics are information, it's all it is, it's all it is, it's information. And again, when we've talked about this, whether it's been football, baseball, I mean, those are primarily the two sports I use it in more than basketball. Um, but like, when you look at it, I, I think, and I'm not saying it's not advantageous in basketball, but those are the two sports I primarily look at because you're getting all this information to say, Hey, this is a good play to run, or this is a good time to go for it. This is a this is what you should do in this situation. In baseball, it's like, hey, you guys are looking at the wrong statistics. This statistic's going to tell you more about that player than this one. Yeah, you know, like we've talked about how OPS is kind of like more and more people look at that now as a, an important stat than just batting average. But you
2: know why we talk about it like that around here? Because it's taboo to us. It's, it's it was new to us. I mean, we had we had guys with fans saying, "Man, I don't care about any analytics." All I, it's all about the eyes. Well, you do care about analytics. You, you don't care about information. Why would you? Why would you go into a battle with no information? I, you just want to get, go about.
3: that. So you want it to happen first. Yeah, you want the car, and then figure it out. You 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 want what's happening? If you're <laughs> buying a car, you want has that car been in three accidents? I don't need to know
2: that. All I need to do is look at it. It looks. I like pretty. how it looks. I'm going to
3: drive it. I'll never forget this. My dad talked me in the second car that I ever got. Or no, it was my my first car that I bought, not the first car that I had. And my dad talked me into buying this Mustang. I had it for a week, bought a used Mustang. I had it for a week. After a week, it would only drive in reverse. I woke up one morning, went out to my car, and the only way it would drive is in reverse. And I lived in, get this, I lived in Hawthorne. All you can do is parallel park. Yep, I had to drive backwards around those streets. So like you lived Yeah, I lived. I stayed there for a while. But, but it, it's, <laughs> it's just funny to me how people look at some of this stuff. Yeah, you want to know all the information. You want to know everything that there is to know about it, and then make your decision. Yeah. And I understand there are some people that say uh, you can do paralysis by analysis by looking at things and overthinking it. Sure. But if you're taking the information that's set in front of you and you're making a, you know, an executive decision, or you're having your hypothesis of what the best way to go is then it's, the numbers are going to tell you the best way to go.
2: Absolutely. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. So analysis, I mean, uh, uh, analytics is just something. Earl Weaver used analytics. He talks about how Davey Johnson put numbers and all this information together, and
3: he listened to some of it until the information had Davey Johnson, I think, batting forth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, like, sometimes you're going to make decisions over what you buy into and what you don't. Like, you know, we've, we've talked about this before in, in any sport of baseball is the one. Like, do you want to give up outs? Do you want to move a guy over? Now, old baseball or like the National League way would say, hey, there's something to it. But you know what happens late in games? What's that? Managers start buying into it because you just need one run to win the yeah. game. You know? I like, think that's situational. and Exactly. Bunting is I, situational. That's what I'm saying is that you look for it in certain spots and other times you're not going to. I remember in college, my manager coach told me to bunt.
2: I looked against him. I'm out. Went down the line. He pointed back to the, <laughs> pointed back to the, to the uh, batter's box. Gave him the same damn sign. <laughs> like, huh? What? <laughs> Do <Dude, You>, what? <laughs> you sure? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Derek Queen, New Maryland commit. He went to what's the school he went to in Florida? What was the school he went to? Uh, the, uh, Mount Verde. Mount Verde, Yeah, uh, he went there. Now you know he started off at Saint Francis. In fact, his freshman year, he was on the same team as Julian Reese and Jonathan Amoth, who also went to St. Francis. So if Reese stays at Maryland, those three guys will be teammates at Maryland. So St. Francis already produced two Maryland guys. You leave St. Francis to end up back at Maryland. My question to you, Jeremy, and everybody else listening, the some of these student-athletes – Go to these sports academies unnecessarily. Baltimore's big bad morning show on the fan. I want to make a correction. Thanks to the caller. Who's the caller? It's Mount Verd. Thank you for correcting me. Mount Verde. I hate giving the wrong Mm -hmm. names to things. Mount Verd. Um, And and you should—I should know it because it's a very, very prominent uh, uh, national program. Mount Verd. Thank you very much, caller. Um, My point is this: I I remember several years ago, uh, Josh Candow, He was in my, my son's class, in Robbie's class. He went to Mount Carmel. After his sophomore year, he went to IMG to get better prepared to play major college football. I thought it was a great move for Josh. You know why? Because Mount Carmel was not a football powerhouse. I think, listen, I think Coach Daryl Jackson is a tremendous football coach, but he just didn't have the resources to do what he could do. Mm -hmm. And Daryl Jackson blessed this kid and said, Go, son, go. Because playing in the MIAAC conference wasn't going to get him ready for Florida State. At the time he had Florida State, Ohio State, yada, 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 yada. And 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 Mount Carmel football wasn't producing that kind of talent. He couldn't practice against that kind of talent. He needed to go. Mm-hmm. So my point, I'm not saying. It's not for everybody. It's that no one should go. Yeah. I, I don't want to throw that out there. But my point is this. This kid, Derek Queen. He left Saint Francis to go to Mount Verde. Now he just committed to Maryland. I'm glad the 6'10 monster is going to Maryland. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. But there are two Saint Francis kids on Maryland's team right now: and Reese and Lamothe. Le, uh, well, he didn't have to. What was what was that? They produced those kind of guys.
3: I, the only thing I would say so there's a couple different things just regarding some of these academies, different. Um, Prep prep schools, different things you want to talk about because I know right. like there's different labels for each one. Um, now the one thing I saw with Queen is that you know once he went off, his his free throw shooting got way better from his freshman year all the way up until this past year or whatever and what he was shooting. Now that there could be one thing there, there could be something too with a lot of kids that maybe parents want them to get away from here because of who they're surrounded by or going in a that bad direction. A, that could be it. But I would also say, is it? Now you're you're sending them off to stay with someone else, and then you're questioning whether or not did I send them to the right place yeah. for them to keep an eye on them. Um, but you know I've seen some of these academies too. We just had the story of what was the the fake team uh, Bishop Sycamore. You know like that like that was a uh, the football team. What the fake? Let's oh, stop it, man. Dude, they just they you just called me for a game that year. That? Well, you play them, man. Yeah, get set up. But no, like that. They're like I've had one of my kids that went off to one of these so-called academies, and they were staying in a, a Motel Six, and you know they weren't. It was just it was kind of messed up the way that it was supposed to be. And this is supposed to be one of these schools to get you ready for the next level. Well, I've
2: never been to Mount Verde, but I, I have been to IMG, and That's it's legitimate. no Motel Six. No, no. That,
3: don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. There's a lot of legitimate ones out Whoa. there, but there's some bad ones too. Hey, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> By goodness, yeah, manicured lawns
2: and ooh, that place is legit. But but here's my other point, Jeremy. You and I both know that coaches use kids to build relationships for themselves, mm-hmm. and that often happens as well. Well, that we we that often, Jeremy. That often happens. Let me let me pave my path. By using this kid to go here, it's playing chess. I'm going to move this piece here
3: so later well, on I can land this piece. If any of you guys watched the Fab Five piece, uh, a similar situation with Jalen Rose, right? Yep. Where uh, Was it Was it his AAU coach or his high school? I think it was his AAU coach that got a job on Michigan staff. Like you know, You've got some other situations where you look at that, and it does happen. It's part of the game that's being played right. where a parent will get a job on staff right. or something like that can happen. So I think... You know, there are things that you can look at and see that there are ways around to try to get some sort of benefit. Now with the N. I. L. Yeah. You know, maybe some of that changes. And I just when 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 you talk about and I think for me,
2: just being a part of Baltimore basketball, like like you don't have to this is Baltimore, man. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go way down there to end up back here. You don't have to. Now, if it's a situation, Jeremy, like you pointed out, where where maybe he wanted to get away from his environment. I don't. I don't personally know mm-hmm. Derek Queen's family. I don't. Per- so I, I can't don't mention. I'm
3: just like I was throwing I, out. I know
2: Reese's family, and that's why he stayed here because he didn't need to get away from anybody. His mama built a fence around that kid. All right, so he, he didn't need to run anywhere. He could be in the middle of 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 chaos. it be a fence around him. But but that wasn't the case. I just I don't understand why in a basketball mecca like this. This kid goes all the way to Mount Verde He ends up back at Maryland when he's going to be joining two other kids who went to his original high school. That school produces Mount St. Joe. You got you got uh, John Carroll has John Carroll has an NBA guy that plays for the Knicks.
3: <laughs> well, the Raptors now. Oh, the, the, yeah, the Raptors, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> he they have an NBA guy. You know, he he could be he could have been playing against the guy Cam um the what to
3: Whitmore yeah it went to the Rockets. uh well, he went to uh was that nova or was that uh he
2: went to Nova I'm thinking what high school he went to the one down that Rudy Gay went to Spaulding Spalding. he Double went to, turns he went to Spaulding he would have been playing against an NBA player you when you play in the MIAA, in the Baltimore Catholic League you're playing against NBA players you know what I mean that's who you're playing against mm-hmm. you don't have to leave here to do that you can argue about the football and all this, blah, 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 blah. I'm not, I'm not really in tune with the Baltimore football. I know they're good. I know a lot of good teams come out of here. A lot of good players, I should say, come out of here. But I, I don't get it. What what's the what's the tie-in, Jeremy? That's gotta be. I'm sorry, man. I gotta I gotta dig into this one because it's gotta be some kind of relationship that that, that 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 are lining up for these AAU coaches and everybody else to get jobs. And I'm different because I don't coach to land my next job. Yeah. I'm in my job. I'm, I'm I'm I do my two dream jobs. I talk to I talk to you all every day. And when baseball starts, you see me. Those are my dream jobs. Baseball, I mean, basketball is my ministry. That's how I give back. You know what I mean? That's that's mm-hmm. how I give back. So I'm not looking to land the next job. I love I've, I've had college offers the last 3 years. I love coaching high school basketball. You know what I mean? But it's got to be something to it that when you leave a Mecca that produces major Division One talent
3: and NBA talent to go someplace else. I had the same thing, man, where people were offering me to go pro, and I said, hell no. Might mess up my game. That's why I stay here. But, yeah, look, I, I think we're going to deal with this quite a bit and what's best for the kids, where they should go, how are you going to get better. Um, there are all different ways to do it, and you know there's a lot of, like, People out there that are scheming trying to get something. On from these you. kids. Yeah. Scheming on these kids, man.
2: Trust me. There's a lot of handshakes. Hey, man, if you if you go, I gotta get you away from here. Cause if you go there and and you end up back here, I can get a job. Now they may not tell a kid that, but they know it. They know it. I want to follow the bouncing ball on this one. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna follow the bouncing ball on this one. Let's see if somebody ends up with a job. 410-583-1057 is the number. We want to hear from you. And, and you may know the football community, but we know the basketball community. Why does a kid, I'm not, just, I'm not just talking about Queen, I'm talking about any kid. Why do these kids leave this area that produces major Division I talent to go to these sports academies only to end up back where they could have ended up anyway? I want to hear from you. 410-583-1057. That may be and I'm sure there are some personal stories out there about the most big bad morning show on the fan. in the a.m. Jeremy, I'm just curious, man. This is a basketball mecca, high school basketball mecca. Some of the best high school basketball is played right here in our backyards. Kudos to the coaches, the trainers, and, of course, the players. And I just don't know why kids leave this area in that sport to go to a sports academy to go high D1 when you you could play any night. Any night in Baltimore, you can play against a future pro. On the women's side, too, you know, it was two, three years ago, maybe two years ago, Stephanie was watching the WNBA draft, Stephanie, my daughter. Three kids in that draft she played against in high school. <laughs> three kids in that draft. This is a basketball mecca, man. What What's going on? We got it here. Let's go to Rashawn in Baltimore. What's up, Rashawn? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing, man? What's All right, doing? how you?
4: Right. Hey, you know, I ain't really no expertise in uh in, in basketball nothing like that. But um, I guess people looking at the trying to take the Carmelo Anthony route. You know, he he was at Towson Catholic, right? He uh-huh. went down to Hill, one of them one of them places,
2: right? And okay. then he went to uh he went to Syracuse. But I he know, did one did, of them um, colleges. Did he do he did three or four years at at, at uh, Towson Catholic though? Did he, Jeremy? Thought
3: so. Yeah, uh, you know um.
2: This kid left at this
3: freshman year. Freshman year, yeah. Sometimes I think I, I'm not sure. Yeah, he went to Oak Hill. Um, I know he went to Oak Hill.
2: I saw him on ESPN at Oak Hill.
3: Yeah, but uh, but th- I mean, there were a lot of kids like what KG was another one, right? Wasn't Kevin Garnett a uh, a kid that went to the prep, you know, prep school, and then he, he went straight go, to the NBA? I th- he was teammates with um um, al point guard Grievous Vasquez. No, Kevin Darn. I said uh, Kevin Garnett, KG. KG. G, sorry. Oh no
2: no no. KG was a. Is um, he Oak Hill too? He's a South Carolina kid. but but he was from South Carolina. High school basketball wasn't that thick back then. I, no, no, I got you. I'm yeah, just throwing out some names. as yeah, well. If, here if, and... if I'm from down there, yeah, I'm. I'm pro- back then. Ray Allen did the same thing. I'm probably going to another location as well. Now they're a little bit, a little bit more stock. Let's go to David in Baltimore. What's up, David?
4: Hey guys, uh, love the conversation, but I really think you guys are missing, you know, the COVID years. I mean, a lot of these kids, I had kids in high school at that point who were recruits for different athlete, athletics and sports, uh, and you know, with everything being shut down, there was no reason to be in Baltimore. There was no reason to be in Maryland. Florida was open, and I'm sure there were a lot of other kids around the country Dave, who. Dave, David,
2: let me let me let me stop you for that for a second. He went to St. Francis. Uh, we all played. I, during the COVID year, I played 16 games. We played 16 high school games. The public schools were shut down. We played. I, we played 16 games during COVID.
4: So basically intramural basketball is not the showcase of playing 35 games like he was getting down there, yeah. they, they, David. They
2: played though. That's what I'm saying. They went out. I'm, I'm telling you, we they played. Our boys played.
3: I think I, I they did. had a playoff. But I think David's making a valid point for a lot of kids that you know, during the COVID years, things did change. Um, you know, my son graduated uh, in 2020, and then he missed out on a lot of the stuff that could have helped him getting into college, all-star games and different showcases. But, like, you know, and that was on a lesser level. You're talking about these guys that are thinking about it on this this high right. level right. and getting to a certain place. Well, so- I
2: understand what he said with the public schools, but the MIAA, they had a playoff. They played. Let's go to Mason in Baltimore. What's up, Mason? Good morning, fellas. Morning, Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. As far as like, um, you know, kids are always going to be talented. There's going to be always a lot of things like that. But let's let's set that aside. I mean, being a, a kid that grew up in inner city Baltimore, this could be something outside of basketball. It could be, you know, the scenery. Who he's yeah. dealing with, you know. And Jeremy you pointed that mean? out. You, Mason Jeremy pointed that out, and I that's one thing I can't account for. I, I you're right about that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and even even so, you if you're a very talented basketball player, it's much easier to get noticed
2: in Florida than it is in Baltimore. And and, and think about and I'll give it this comparison, Mason. You got a kid who's a mid major kid, and Coppin is recruiting him in another mid major school someplace else. He may not choose Coppin just because he just wants to get out of Baltimore. It's still mid major, so I, that that's one of the things you can't account for. Kevin in Ellicott City, what's up, Kevin? What's good, fellas? How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing great.
4: I uh, just kind of went through this with my son with baseball. He wanted to go to IMG, and um, he ended up picking an institution here in Baltimore to stay. But uh, I think, like Mason said, man, it could be a lot of outside forces. I mean, maybe the man was able to go to IMG and work on his basketball and his studies more quietly, right? There's a lot of people that will clip you around here, dude, get you, you know what uh, I mean?
2: How's the high school baseball scene here, Kevin, in in this area?
4: Very good. It is very good. From yes, sir. John Carroll, Spalding, Mount Saint Joe, Loyola. There's yeah. a lot of schools that get it done around here.
2: That's what's. I, I know Calvert Hall used to be one. Of they still pretty pretty good.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Very okay. good
2: too. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Kevin. Appreciate that, man. I, I like I said. I just love the insight. I I'm, I'm really. This is one of those topics where you're really asking a question. Yeah, you know, I don't have the answer to it because I'm too close to it. I'm too close to the high school basketball scene here in Baltimore. You know what I mean, so I'm naturally I'm gonna be jaded. I'm gonna be biased to what we have here because I see it every night. Eric and Bowley's quarters. What's up, Eric? What's up, Rob? How you doing today, my friend? Doing well. How are you, man? <laughs> Good, good. Hey, uh it's funny, uh, I remember having this conversation with you yes. about nine years ago uh-huh. when we had a talented
4: uh kid at uh Mount Carmel, a freshman by the name of Montez Mathis.
6: Oh yeah, I
2: forgot about Montez
3: was that as, yes. as a freshman transfers to Oak Hill Academy, the number one team in the country as a sophomore, doesn't get a lot of playing time, winds up coming back to John Carroll uh
2: and playing with quickly for two years. But
3: I don't know if you remember when
4: the the college football ranking, uh, college basketball magazines came out when Montez would have been a sophomore. He was ranked as like I think in that class like the number seven player in the
2: class, like behind Marvin Bagley and everything. Yep. It was still listed as Mount Carmel. So, and I don't remember, you know, the, the thing. But I think the parents wanted him to go to, uh, you know, Oak Hill, and he wound up, you know, being one of like two sophomores on the team and didn't really get a lot of play at times. And our conversation back then was, this kid is already top ten. In the country,
3: what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You're already top ten of the country. But, you know, like a lot of these kids are impressionable too because I've had players on my teams that other schools tried to recruit and I always told my guys, if it's a better situation, you, you, know, you, you got to realize right. to talk with your family and do what's best for you. I'm never going to be mad at someone for taking an opportunity, but sometimes it's, it's a bill of goods that you're, you're offered. That's even from going from an AAU team to another AAU team or going from a high school to another. Like We see kids around here nowadays that have been to five high schools in four years. It's like, what's going to make you happy? I had a kid, and you know
2: her. She's at Howell. She's at Maryland right now. Everybody try to pull how away, pull away. You got to get away from there so you can get more. You can get this, you can get more of that, get more of this. You can end up at a at a top notch, um, a major, or one of the power schools. She stayed. Where is she? Maryland. Yeah. You're trying to reroute her to go to Maryland. She stayed the course <laughs> and ended up at Maryland. Let's go to Buffalo Zoo. What's up, Buffalo Zoo?
6: Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you, uh-huh. man? All right. Um, you're right, Rob. Um, like it was, Catholic schools definitely had a lot of um, NBA players. I remember uh, playing against Mark Carter. I played against Rudy Gay. Um, you played against Rudy Gay? Yeah. He lit,
3: you, he, he lit you up, didn't he? I played against Rudy too.
6: I, I, I mean, not not really. He, he was more. <laughs> I was more of an inside presence. Okay. There. And he he liked to you know run out there. As a, Three point line, all that stuff. He was—he was, he was a little soft for me for six. You know how, how big he was. I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of these guys was. uh Towson Capnick was definitely. tough come back in like '95 when I was playing. So you—you you definitely right. I even played against the boy. that, um, he went to Maryland. He wanted to play for the Houston Rockets. He went to uh. Thomas Jefferson, I believe, high school out in PG, out in the rural Did you bust his around. ass too?
2: Oh, he's talking about um, <laughs> Stevie Francis. Yeah.
6: No, not Stevie Francis. He was um he was he played uh uh the three and four position. He played for the Houston Rockets for a couple of years. He got drafted by the Rock. I can't remember. Oh, mm-hmm. uh,
2: Morris, Terrence Morris.
6: Yes. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah he, yeah. he went to. He from Frederick. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And so I just, I just said that about Rudy Gay to get your juices flowing. I knew it was good. I could tell in his voice. <laughs> nah, man, he was too soft for too me. Too soft for me out there running around he, by the three-point. Zoe was always just like me. <laughs> Tried to get him to go to the NBA. No, hell no. <laughs> I messed up my game. I knew I, knew I was going to get so cool. You could hear how guys talk. That How you could get him going. Bust your ass, didn't he? Nah, man, he's too soft running around three-point line. He won't come in here.
6: <laughs> mm. Let's go to
2: Homeless Ed. What's up, Homeless Ed?
6: Good morning, gentlemen. How you doing? Hey, Rob, I got a couple quick questions for you. I go was ahead, ahead. watching baseball yesterday, and I had a Eureka moment. I know you said you're satisfied in your current jobs, Rob, but uh, could you break down the Orioles versus the Rays in the last few years? It might get you to ESPN if, if you watched uh, you watch baseball like I did yesterday.
2: Orioles versus the Rays. The Rays is the one-team homeless, Ed that can measure the Orioles' success over the years. They went from winning, what, one game against them a couple of years ago, and their success keeps climbing every year against them. And as, success, as they catch up with the Rays, they're catching up with all of baseball. I think the Rays are that one – was that one nemesis in the AL East that they had to overcome. And I think that will continue because I th- still think – I know what the Yankees are doing, but homeless said I think the Rays and the O's are still the best two teams in the American League East. Rob, it's – you just punched your ticket to ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, though. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Jeremy Kahn is going to give you the top landing spots for Justin Fields at 815. But on the other side, we're going to get stupid with him.
3: Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about dengue fever. and Dengue. Yeah, what it can cause. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, we're also going to talk about a new ice cream flavor that's out. Um, it has to do with, uh, salt burn. I'll tell you about it. And two other stories. We're going to tell you about an Australian, uh, prankster that got in trouble and now he's trying to call foul for what he did. And lastly, a celebrity that says, I would kiss your feet like crazy for hours after he reveals he's had a foot fetish his whole life. I'll tell you which celebrities just like Robin Ed, when we come back in the world of stupid,
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance, whether you love true crime or comedy.